MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Give us your attention, we need everything you got fast Waiting on reparations, we be the endless podcast Tune in every Thursday, politics and wordplay We fight for the people cause they got us in the worst way From the hill to Brazil, Bombay to Kanye From the left enclave to what the neocons say Every Thursday, cop the heady conversation And then break us off with some bread cause we waiting, waiting on, on reparations. reparations Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Hi, this is Allie Wentworth, host of Go Ask Allie. My listeners want more, so we are digging in. Comedian Amy Schumer. As far as cancel culture goes, I think that the people who are the most afraid and complaining about cancel culture are the ones who are in danger of being canceled and they need to take a look at themselves. I agree with you. You know, I'm not worried about it because I know my intentions and I know that I'm like open to evolving. Listen to Go Ask Allie every Thursday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Dua Lipa. I'm here to tell you about my brand new podcast, Dua Lipa, at your service. I'll be sitting down with the world's most inspiring minds to uncover what makes them tick and what they've learned from the obstacles life has thrown at them, including Sir Elton John. After a lot of upsets, a lot of disappointments, a lot of betrayals, it's turned out to be the most wonderful life right now that I could have ever imagined. Listen to Dua Lipa at your service on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Ellie Kemper, and I played Aaron Hannon on The Office. Hello there, everyone. Here, here we are. We're back. 
another episode of The Office Deep Dive. I am your host, Brian Baumgartner, and I'm just so happy you're here. So, welcome. Uh, today's guest is someone really dear to me. I love her. And we share a special bond that only comes after one person has sat on the other person's shoulders in a pool of lukewarm water for eight hours straight. I mean, we all have that friend, right? Yes. You guessed it. It's Ellie Kemper. Now, listening back to this one, this was a bit of a trip for me because I, I spoke with Ellie in April of 2020. Does anyone remember something that was going on in the world around that time? No, not murder hornets. <laughs> no, not, uh, not Kanye running for president. No, it was the early days of the global pandemic known as coronavirus. So I talked to Ellie over Zoom. This was back when Zoom was still a new thing. I didn't even know what a Zoom was at that point. But you're going to hear us trying to figure out the technology, talking about quarantine. We were so naive back then. Anyways, enough about that. Oh, let's just focus on our conversation, our great conversation and, and the great episode that I have for you. So sit back, relax, and listen to the soothing sounds of me and the hilarious Ellie Kemper. Bubble and squeak, I love it. Bubble and squeak, I know. Bubble and squeak, I cook it every morning. Left over from the night before. Am I in the meeting? Oh, Ellie, you are in the meeting. <laughs> in the meet. Can you hear me okay? I, mean, I actually don't know. Can, I can you hear me okay? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you crystal clear. God, that's so great. Ellie, it's so nice to hear your voice. Brian, I have so been looking. It's so nice to hear your voice. I have so been looking forward to this for many reasons. I mean, originally, you know. This meeting right? is being recorded. Oh, okay. We got it. Be very careful. <laughs> and I was looking forward to it, of course, for obvious reasons. And now, during this unimaginable time, it is so nice to hear your voice. I know. Are you all okay? Yes, we are hunkering down. You guys just decided to get out of New York. We were actually in Montreal when, like, mid-March or whenever everything started shutting down. So, so we were already out of New York. We decided better to avoid going back there. So that's why we came to St. Louis, which is where I'm, do you know I'm from here? Yeah, no, I know. No, I know. Okay. Jenna, Phyllis. Yeah. All of you guys. All of the cool cats. Have you seen Phyllis or no, because you're social distancing, social distancing. I've seen, I've seen, have you seen, I've seen no one. I feel like I don't know how to interact like with humans anymore (laughs) besides my family. (laughs) Is that going to be weird? I think it is. Well, we were once going to do this in person. We were, but it's so nice to hear from you. I mean, I, over the phone. Yeah. I just can't believe that. Like, what was it? Two months ago when we were trying to meet up in New York and it seemed like a very normal, right. like it was just like <laughs> logistics that got in the way, but it was like, 
oh, yeah, I'm going to be in New York. Oh, great, you're flying to New York on an airplane with other passengers? Great. <laughs> I'll, 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 and I'll meet you downtown. I'll meet you downtown, and I'll give you a hug and, like, lick your yep. palm. Yeah, there won't be yep, any issues exactly. with those things. No, exactly. Um, anyway. Ellie, so Brian. what were you doing what were you doing before the office? What was I doing? Okay, so I was about to say very little, but that's not true. I was doing commercials. That's how I was earning money, through commercials. In terms of, I guess, creative opportunities, I was doing mostly unpaid work at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. Yes. And I was doing two-person shows and one-person shows and actual improvisation. And um, But professionally, it was mostly commercials up until that point. I think I had... I had like, oh, I, I did something on a show called Daily Pops, which I think was on MTV. It was like an eight series, eight episode series. Um, I want to say that Kim Kardashian made a cameo and I am technically Kim Kardashian's co-star. I think she made a cameo in one of these Daily Pops. You work episodes. together. We work together. Yeah, you work together. I, I inspired her. <laughs> but yes, um, I mean, obviously the office was my enormous big break. Did you watch The Office? Brian, did I watch The Office? I, I I devoured The Office. I was an enormous Office fan. You don't know what this is like because obviously you were on it from the start, but I loved The Office. I watched it every week. It's very strange to go from watching a television show that you happen to love and then being in the room with everybody. I actually, the first day, of course, felt surreal for many reasons, but it's it's weird when you I think maybe anyone has had this experience. If you watch someone on a screen and then you see them in person, it feels otherworldly. And particularly because I already loved everyone on it and admired them so much, it felt even stranger because, yeah, I was a huge fan. Right. It was very weird. I really tried to play it cool. Well, so wait, literally you watched it Thursday night? Yes. Yes, I did. I lived in New York at the time and, and we always, my, my whole family was a fan of The Office. Have I told you that Moe's, Mike Sure reminded us of my older brother, John, in college, <laughs> like when John was in college. So we had like a big joke about that. But yes, no, I lived in New York and I watched The Office every Thursday. And had you met Allison Jones before? No. So I met with Greg and Mike, Greg Daniels and Mike Sure. I think I was meeting with them for Parks and Recreation. This was before Parks and Recreation was had aired. And I think that's what it was about. I, I really don't know. It was sort of just a general hello. And after that, I met Allison when I actually read for Parks and Recreation, which it wasn't called Parks and Recreation. It was like Untitled Mike Sure Project. And then I didn't get a part on Parks and Recreation, but then they called me back later for the office. Right. And your first day on set, were you nervous? I was so nervous. I first, okay, I can't remember the actual very first person I met. I remember telling John Krasinski, who I had read, was an intern at Conan, and I had been an intern at Conan. Because my first scene, John is making a copy, Jim is, Jim, excuse me, is making a copy at the copy machine, and I'm, like, sitting there, and I was, like, like, in between takes, I was, like, so, um, yeah, um, you interned at Conan, right? (laughs) Why did I feel the need to strike up conversation. I, I am the new person. I think I should stay quiet until spoken to, but I was unusually bold. And he says, Oh yeah, you know, Conan. And I said, I interned there too. And that was it. (laughs) (laughs) That was it. I don't know. Somebody walked away. Somebody saved me because I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have kept that conversation going very well. 
<laughs> and then and then the big news, Brian, I had to dye my hair that day. I have red hair. And as soon as I got there, they were like, you have to dye your hair brown. And I remember Mindy, I saw her in the morning, and I saw her in the afternoon. And I had brown hair in the afternoon. And she said, why did you let them do that? I would never let anyone dye my hair. <laughs> I was like, because <laughs> uh, it's my first job ever. They can do whatever they want. <laughs> anyway. Why did they dye your hair? Well, I, you know, I still don't know. I think the reason was they, they said it looked, that this new character's hair looked too close to Pam's color. Uh-huh. But I ne- Pam never, uh, uh, Jenna, but I mean the character Pam. Pam didn't have red hair, did she? No. Like, was it chestnutty? Yeah, I guess. I'm not real good at hair. I'll be honest I, with you. I, honestly, apparently neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. First day memories are sort of blurry because I was so, I don't know. I don't think you can relate to this feeling because, like I said, you were there from the start. But it was just so, it was first day of school, but to the millionth degree because it was like, I already, I'm like in awe of all these people and I'm the new girl. Don't mess anything up. Yeah, I did fairly recently. Actually, I had a similar experience. It was not such a culty show, but being a guest star is a very difficult thing. It doesn't matter who you are. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough because you, like you just said, it doesn't matter who you are because in that moment you're the guest. (laughs) Right. And so it's like they're home. And so I think it's nerve wracking to start any new job, but when it's already in motion and you're the, you're the thing that's being added, it's totally nerve wracking. And especially, I don't know what your arc was like they, for the office, it was written as a four episode arc. So I felt like, okay, this is a finite amount of time and you want to do an excellent job, but you also want to be deferential to the people who have already, you know, the regular cast, like the family that's already there. Right. So that's what I was going to ask you. So when you showed up, it was originally just for four episodes. That was, that was what your understanding was. That was my understanding. Pam was going to work at the Michael Scott paper company and they needed a a temporary receptionist in the meantime. And then Pam ended up getting promoted to salesperson. That's why my character stayed, which I couldn't believe that that had happened. But yes, that's how I have always perceived it. I think that's what happened. And when did you get an idea that you might be around a little bit longer? I truly think because it was... Oh man, Brian, I was worried this would happen. I was like, I, I don't know if this happens to you. I'm like alarmed by my memory sometimes because it can be so fuzzy. Oh, about totally. Things that, okay, phew. It's bad. And like right now, I can't remember if those four episodes were the last four episodes of that season or if there were a few more. Maybe they added a that couple. That sounds All right. I know is, right? It was definitely yeah. towards the end. I didn't find out until that season had wrapped that they were going to keep my character on. So. I don't think I got any inkling that it might be longer than four episodes. I think it was just like, okay, just do this for a month and then get out without messing anything up. (laughs) Well, I want to share with you something that Claire Scanlon actually told me. What Claire said was that a lot of people would come in and it was basically a four to six episode audition. And she remembers watching you in one of your early episodes. And you had some scenes with Steve and she remembers in the editing bay, watching that and saying to herself, oh, she's going to be around for a while. Oh, you're going to make me cry. That is, that's the sweetest compliment. That's the biggest compliment because 
there's no higher praise than something like that. Because I so admire the work that you guys do and how you set up the show. So anyway, that's very kind of you to share with me. But of course, you, the actor, never feel sure of anything because it's like, ugh, this could all go away tomorrow. (laughs) What do you think that Aaron, the character of Aaron, brought to the office? Well, I feel, you know, I felt like my own difficulty with playing Aaron would just be that some of the things she said were so cartoony and so uh, sort of cartoony, I think is the word, because I don't want to say she was flaky or ditzy or anything like that, because I do think she was smart, but she said a lot of things that a more grounded person wouldn't say. At the same time, you know, she had these very serious arcs with Michael and these serious arcs with Andy, and, you know, there was some real depth to this character. And so I felt like what she brought to the office was certainly some levity. She was such such an odd bird, but that she also, um, I hope she brought some sweetness. I I think she wanted to be very good at her job and she was very earnest about it. But I also think that unintentionally she was sort of funny, not not knowing that she was being funny because, you know, not totally grounded. Right. I think Paul Feig directed one of your first episodes and he talks about directing a talking head that you were giving and he was taken with you and your energy and the character and how different it was from everybody else on the show. It's a bunch of disgruntled, put upon office workers that are, you know, have to deal with this crazy boss that makes them crazy. And all they want to do is punch in and punch out and go home. And why would anyone want to work in a paper company? Whereas Aaron's energy was very positive and she just loved being there. Yes, that I feel. And you hit it on the head, you know, family, maybe a little bit over it. Right. Oscar, maybe over it. But Aaron lived for it. She loved being there. Like you can imagine her getting ready for work in the morning. She wanted to excel at her job. She wanted to do a very good job. You know, I believe within like 30 seconds of the audience meeting this new character, she agrees to go by her middle name. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'll go by Aaron. Like she just wanted to be there. <laughs> right. It occurs to me, however, that Aaron agrees. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. 
Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Mine certainly does. Ones that go back a hundred years and reach thousands of miles back to our hometown in Sicily. Ever since I can remember, my relatives told the story of my great-great-grandmother who was killed by the mafia. I'm Joe Piazza, and in my new podcast, I'm taking on a generational vendetta, visiting the scene of the crime, confronting mafia experts, tracking down Italian officials, and even consulting mediums to set the record straight on my great-great-grandmother's mysterious disappearance. And in between the fact-finding missions, I'll be drinking a lot of wine and eating all of the pasta. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. to change her name on the first day and you agreed to change your hair color on the first day. Right. This is where I get worried because you're right. <laughs> and I worry some of the things Aaron would say. I'm like, are the writers making fun of me, Ellie, here? <laughs> because <laughs> I might say something that dumb. <laughs> See, you could not be more, and I'm sure when people meet you, they assume, oh, he's going to be like Kevin when you are the polar opposite of Kevin, like the polar opposite. Well, I feel you. like I'm a little similar. Well, uh, your infectious energy. Uh, oh, good. An- wow. And, Thank you. And positivity. Positivity. I hope that I share Aaron's positivity. But yeah, how, what do you think? I feel like there's some characters in cast who do sort of overlap a bit. I mean, I know this is that you were asking the questions, but. I feel like you overlap with Kevin not at all. I hope the least. <laughs> I think the least. I hope I hope the least. I mean, is there anything? I don't think there's anything. Mm, anyway. I well, I I enjoy sports. There's something. Yes. There's something. Yes. And I might be a little childlike at times. Well, who is it? <laughs> It's a hard time for hiring, so you need a hiring partner built for hard times. That's Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed, because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one hiring partner that can help you do it all. 
Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash Office Deep Dive. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash Office Deep Dive to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash Office Deep Dive. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know that on the day Dr. King was shot, the all-black security detail normally assigned to him was called off? They are the ones who would not allow him to stay at any hotel with balconies. That security union was reassigned. There was a man there who had just gone in and had contract on my life. Did you know that on the day Dr. King was shot, two black firemen stationed across the street and one black police detective who was surveilling King were all taken off the job? What was the emergency that caused you to be moved to another fire station? Sure, there was no emergency. Chief Wallace, did you ever ask what this was all about? Yes. And then what were you told? Told that I had been threatened. This is the MLK Tapes. The first episodes are available now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the creator of The Bright Sessions comes a new fiction podcast for all ages. Jump back to 1997 and follow Maxine Miles as she starts high school in the picturesque town of Hastings, New Hampshire. Fall is the season in which this small town shines. Apple cider, pumpkin patches, farmer's markets. It's idyllic for adults and boring for Max. But suddenly, Max's school year starts to look a bit more interesting when a fellow student vanishes. With the help of her misanthropic classmate, Ross, Max starts to look into the disappearance. Her investigation draws her deep into the dark woods around Hastings and even deeper into the secrets and lies that course through the veins of this sleepy town. This new YA mystery from writer-director Lauren Chippen is an audio drama with heart and wit that involves the audience in a way no fiction podcast ever has. Listen to Maxine Miles on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite shows. So you had a number of relationships throughout the show. I mean, probably... In some ways, your your central relationship you brought up is was your relationship with Michael. Yeah. It's almost a father-daughter thing going on in a way, as like a mentor, someone you look up to. You're yeah. probably the only character that looks up to Michael Scott. Like, she never right. felt, like, beaten down by him or rolled her eyes at him. You know what I mean? Oh, my gosh. No. On the contrary, she she adored him. Like, he was... I think an inspiration to her and just like, he was just the top, I think to Aaron. Cause I, I remember when Aaron meets Holly, she's just like, 
so, it's almost like she's territorial. She's like, this is the lady who's stealing Michael's heart. She, she's just so skeptical of this woman because she feels like no one is good enough for Michael Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really funny. Right. To me. <laughs> and it definitely felt like a father-daughter relationship. I thought it was very tender, very sweet, and very well-written. The, I think the way they, the writers crafted that whole relationship was, was really sweet. Why do you think they bonded? Well, to use your word, I think they are both a little childlike. I mean, your word about something else entirely was just a word I just heard. <laughs> that, I, I didn't want, you didn't describe it as childlike, but you just said that word, and now I'll, I'll say it. I think that they both are a little childlike. I think that they're they're both odd, and I think that Erin um, didn't have, and she never ever had a stable parental figure in her life, and certainly not a strong male figure in her life. And I think that she found that in Michael. I mean, just by definition, he was her boss. I think there was this thing of like admiring him and looking up to him, but that also when she got to know him a little, I think that she, I think he was kind to her. I don't think he, I don't want to say mistreated her, but I think he was like fair and respectful to her. And so I think she just sort of clung to that. And like I said, I mean, well, although my, favorite episode for Aaron is Secretary's Day. And when she, when Aaron is like even weirding out Michael, she like out weirds Michael Scott. They're having lunch together and Michael just can't take it anymore because she's so strange. That's when I felt like, oh, wow. Well, so yeah. So even he seems much more grounded in this, in this world <laughs> than she is. That was one of the best days of my life. That I just remember we, we shot that restaurant scene on a Friday and I was like, I couldn't believe how lucky I was to be able to be in a scene with Steve Carell like that. But it was just, uh, Mindy wrote it, and I believe Steve directed that episode. And it was just, like, surreal. Because, like, who on the planet is like him? There's no one, really. So, yeah. Again, you started from day one. So I don't know if you ever had that feeling of, like, <laughs> did it all wait? Well, I, I will do my separate interview with you where I ask the question. <laughs> but I'm so curious to know how it felt to you guys because... I had such a different experience, obviously, because I came into it midway, and it was like my whole time there felt like I felt a little bit giddy. I don't know if you, if you had that if you were there from the beginning. Well, if you listen to this podcast, then you will get the full detailed answer. Yay! But the short the short answer would be nobody was famous before it started, and nobody no right. nobody knew enough. But immediately, right. his ability to improv in the moment on topic is, I don't know. I think he's maybe the best person on the planet at that. Oh, I do too. And to be honest with you, Brian, sometimes when like the director would say, okay, now, you know, like fun run, whatever. I was like, guys, I would think to myself, I'd be like, let's just let Steve have a fun run <laughs> because he's going to be the best. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you think that you, sorry. Do you think that Aaron and Andy were a good match? I never thought so. Is that terrible to say? No. I don't know. I felt like Andy was a bit too childish. I don't think he was ready to um, take care of Aaron the way she needed to be. And And I think Aaron was ready to take care of him, but I felt like it was uneven in that respect. So, yeah, I, I, I love Ed. I love that we got to be in so many scenes together, but that actual, it never felt 
quite fair to me, that relationship. I feel right. like it was uneven. Well, and then she chose Gabe. Was he a better match? Uh, who should Aaron be with? I don't know. I don't, I, I don't think that was a better match, and I adore Zach, but I do not. I mean, that was a very strange match. Yes. <laughs> and then I also felt like with Jake Lacey, I didn't feel that was quite right either. I don't know. It, it seems like she, I don't know who Aaron should be with, but someone like, odd but also able to take again when i say take care of her i don't mean she needs to be taken care of but i mean how a couple takes care of each other so i don't know i didn't feel like she ever quite got her right match in that show do you know that i pitched kevin and aaron getting together oh <gasps> brian i think that would be a pretty reasonable relationship i went up to the writer's room and i said if Kevin could mature just a little, there was something about their energy that yep. I thought was right. It's almost like Brian. the static being and the hummingbird that goes around, but somehow still their energies matched in a weird way. It Brian, was, that actually makes perfect sense to me. I love that pitch. I'm sorry I wasn't there for it. I know I should have should have called you in. What Call um, me in. you know what sway I had in that writer's room. <laughs> um I don't think I ever went to the writer's room. What um did you have any favorite moments? Some of the favorite things when Aaron really like, you know, like lived out how crazy she was. I, I loved those moments. I loved Cafe Disco. I loved that episode. I loved dancing with Mindy and it was just like a weird episode that was so funny. I loved that episode. And, um, oh my gosh, I loved the bus episode directed by Brian Cranston. Brian, you remember we all almost died? Yes. <laughs> yes. We almost were given carbon monoxide poisoning. To name one of many ways we almost died. I, at the time, I don't think I was enjoying it. And now in retrospect, I'm like, that was fun. Um, oh, Brian, you'll remember I wet my pants on that bus during the Shibuya roll call. <laughs> Um, it was like, I don't know what you guys were doing, but I got a case of the giggle. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Mine certainly does. Ones that go back a hundred years and reach thousands of miles back to our hometown in Sicily. Ever since I can remember, my relatives told the story of my great-great-grandmother who was killed by the mafia. I'm Joe Piazza, and in my new podcast, I'm taking on a generational vendetta, visiting the scene of the crime, confronting mafia experts, tracking down Italian officials, and even consulting mediums to set the record straight on my great-great-grandmother's mysterious disappearance. And in between the fact-finding missions, I'll be drinking a lot of wine and eating all of the pasta. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I, I wet my pants, and um, I was like, how long can I hide this, or should I just fess up right away? And I did fess up right away. And all the ladies were like, oh, you need another skirt? Like, nobody was phased. And literally, all the guys, because I had said it sort of loudly, because there was nowhere to yeah, run or hide. Yes. And um, the guys didn't understand it. But the women, the, the ladies had my back. <laughs> oh, um, how do you feel like things changed with steve leaving oh my gosh oh wait sorry a, a baby is crying it's the monitor i'm gonna turn down the monitor i promise someone is watching the baby <laughs> Once again. isn't it scary how you can just turn down the monitor and then it's like the baby isn't crying anymore <laughs> <laughs> okay no my husband's watching i swear okay um it's embarrassing how upset i was about steve leaving and I feel like there was one moment when, like, Rain was like, Wait, why are you sad? <laughs> because, because I was, like, I think I, how long, I guess he was on for two seasons while I was there, and then there were yeah. a, two seasons. Were there two seasons after he left? Yes. Yeah. So it's not like I shared nearly the amount of time that you guys did with him, but I, I felt so, it felt like a very bittersweet time. I don't know. How did you feel? Oh, it was incredibly difficult. Oh, good. I'm glad you said that. What yeah. do you think? What do you think the greater loss was? It's not a trick question. Okay. Steve or Michael? <gasps> Brian, that's a very good question. Oh, well, of course I have to say Steve because he was such a leader and he was such a quiet leader and he was the backbone of the whole show. And so, you know, he was just like hardworking never complained, kind, quiet, did his job, generous, selfless. I feel like he's the supreme example of, of how a person should behave. And so it was, of course, an enormous loss when he left. I mean, we, everybody carried on okay. It's not like everybody went crazy, but who was it? I feel like um, it was Kelly Cantley, one of our assistant directors, for those of you just joining us. <laughs> no, okay. And um, she said something like, I think it was her who said that he kept everyone in line. Like he was the head duck and he kept all the little ducklings in line. And it's true. Like when he was gone, I feel like, oh, okay, well, 
dad's not here and, and maybe, you know, people wouldn't come to set right on time or whatever, like little very tiny transgressions. But yeah, I felt like that was a real, that was an energy that was really, you know, lost. But yes, as an office, I feel like Michael was, well, he was the backbone of that workplace as well. So of course, the whole D'Angelo Vickers, I mean, that was brilliant. That eased the transition, I thought. With Will Ferrell. Oh my gosh. Right? Yeah. That was great. Well, and there were, you know, in the end, a lot of big guest stars that came on to our little show that we weren't supposed to have known people, right? Like Kathy Bates. Right. James Spader. That was more than a guest star, I guess. Yeah. How do you think that their energy changed things? That's a good question. I mean, I feel like they, I don't know, they're all such excellent actors that it, it I mean, this in a, in a complimentary way, that they blended into the um, energy of the office. But on a personal level, I felt like, oh, I can't believe these giants are in this room with us because it is such a drab sort of everyday office. And then you have these, I feel like it's always feels surreal because you have these huge people coming in, but they're not in the world of the office. I don't know. Right. Oh, that's interesting. I, I loved Robert California. I thought that he, I, I thought he was so strange, but I, I thought that his addition to the office was actually great and that he was never going to be a replacement for Michael Scott, but that he, it was just a different energy altogether. And I thought it suited the office. I mean, Dunder Mifflin, like pretty well, where it was just, I mean, he was strange, Brian, that character. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Do you remember pool party? That's the episode that I referenced being when people are like, what was your least favorite or what was the hardest episode? I always say pool party. And it was, I don't remember the pool being particularly like a great temperature. And I feel like it was, it felt like many days in that pool, right? (laughs) Yes. Many days in the pool. Many, many days. Yeah. Yeah. I I always, I don't have, I don't have like traumatic memories of that, but I I just remember I was like, this is, it's just always an episode that I remember, I guess, because it was, it distinguished itself by being in a pool. Right. Also, I feel like the week before is when we got the heads up, like, oh, yeah, you guys are going to be in a pool for the next week. At the table read, they were like, oh, yeah. Do we not mention? Yeah, you're going to be in a pool for a week. <laughs> okay. Does anybody swim? Yeah, right, right. Do you guys know? I'm Emmy Olea. On this podcast, I'm taking you on a search. A search for love. Emmy, 24, hardworking Latina, seeks cool, down-to-earth guy. Swipe, swipe, swipe. It's hard out there for a girl. To find Mr. Right, I've had to meet a lot of Mr. Wrongs. He'd invite me over to have dinner with his family. I knew he didn't tell them that I was transgender. Dating as a trans woman can be complicated. But there were other reasons I felt like I couldn't always be myself. He's asking me things about my family. Like, my mom's in prison. My grandmother was arrested for working with the Mexican drug cartel. This is Crumbs, my love story. It's a show about the things we settle for and the bits of ourselves that make us who we are. Listen to Crumbs as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council. Hey, Dana Goodyear here. Have you ever wondered how a true crime podcast like Lost Hills gets made? How we unearth secrets and tease out the truth and deal with complicated characters while tackling sensitive subjects like violence, trauma, and deception? Now's your chance to find out. Join me and Jake Halpern, host of Pushkin's Deep Cover podcast, on March 16th for a digital conversation on true crime storytelling. Get your tickets now at momenthouse.com slash DCLH. That's M-O-M-E-N-T house dot com slash DCLH. The finale of the show. We come back for Dwight and Angela's wedding. And there's also a Q&A that we do. Yes, there's a Q&A. The cast of the documentary is, you know, answering questions from the documentary that aired. I know personally that's when Erin meets her parents who are in the audience asking questions. And what a, like, beautiful, beautiful end, I thought, for Erin anyway. Like, a beautiful end to her arc. Erin never really had a permanent family. Like, growing up, she was in foster homes. And I just love that the writers arranged that for Aaron at the end to meet her birth parents. That was so fun. And of course, you couldn't have gotten too better. It was Ed Begley Jr. and Joan Cusack. You were like, Ugh. by the way, do you know I still have Joan, not to creep you out, or Joan Cusack out, but I still have her cardigan. She gave me her cardigan. I said something like, either complimented her cardigan or I said it smelled so good or something. This is on the last day. No, you can have it. She took it off and she gave it to me. What? <laughs> Well, but did she give it to you to use for a minute? Or was she like, no, you take this? She said, you can have it. You know, Brian, maybe she literally just meant you can borrow it. And I never gave it back. All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's very possible I misinterpreted that. <laughs> that would seem about right. Oh, my gosh. By the way, do you remember that was during the finale, obviously. Remember, we had to work like two Saturdays in a row, and we were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. <laughs> that was the only, I think, Saturday I ever worked on that show. There's no, I like, think I oh. enjoyed just every minute of it. I don't know what you're talking about. I-, <laughs> I will share this with you. We don't have this on tape anywhere, but I will share this with you. We were very, very well-behaved cast. Some would say churchly. Oh, yeah. But, you know, there were a few of us that were... Maybe visited Kevin's bar that he had in the finale that maybe had a little bit too much to drink on set. There you go. And so, well, commit it to tape. Okay, we have it recorded, but it took until the finale to do that, right? Yes, exactly. A very well behaved cast until Kevin's bar. Yeah, exactly. Did you go to the rap party in Scranton? Yes. First of all, the wrap party that night, like, because remember, we wrapped on a Saturday, and I I believe I met you and Angela. I just remember that we drove to the wrap party together. Yes. And then, oh, yeah, that was so much fun that night. I just remember the LA Marathon was the next day, and I was like, how is anyone running? Um, because we were up so late. 
But um, the Scranton wrap party was one of the best weekends of my life. That was phenomenal. And do you remember how pristine it was, Brian? It was like there was not a cloud in the sky. Yeah. The baseball game, Brian? Did we throw? Wait, what happened? Why were we at the base? Somebody who threw out a pitch? Somebody did. No, but we were just doing a Q and A in the baseball stadium because they needed the biggest venue that they could find. Oh my gosh! And then we went to was it the backyard fence? Backyard ale that, house. Oh, and then we just like were behind the bar. That was unbelievable. Was that the most special weekend ever? It was the best. Grant, yeah. the people who live there are so welcoming and warm and kind. That was really an amazing event. Yeah, it was. Have you been? Oh, wait, you told me you were on your way there when we couldn't meet up in New York. I just went. Yes. I went back to the, to the ballpark. I went back to the backyard ale house to revisit some sites and to talk to some of the folks there. I mean, and really talking to them about how crazy it is that the office was big when it was on. And it seemingly has only grown in popularity since 2017. It has over 153 billion minutes watched streaming. Oh my God. That's with a B. With a B. I mean that I, 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 again, as a fan, because I have this perspective, it makes perfect sense to me. It's a comforting show. It's a healing show. It's not, cynical it's like a really kind show and and i think when you're watching it you feel like you know these people intimately and like and what i love is kids who were too young when it was first on and watch it now i mean these kids are in middle school they're in high school they don't know what an office workplace is (laughs) but they know what school is and they know and i think that's how they relate to it is that it's it's any it's any situation where you're with the same people day in day out and everyone has these very distinct personalities and it's an infinitely relatable show. But I, so I understand why people watch it so much because I did too. And it's like, I think with Netflix, no one could have ever predicted how many people would view this show. Don't you feel, I feel so lucky that we got to be, well, again, as a newcomer, I feel so lucky that I got to have any part in it, but it's really cool. Like how, how, how people are still watching it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. If it weren't for the office, where do you think you would be now? Oh my gosh. Actually, I take that back because on the same day that I auditioned for The Office, I also auditioned for a show called Cop House. And Cop House was a pilot written by the brilliant Adam Resnick, who I adore. I don't think that the show was ordered to series, but I think I would have been in a pilot called Cop House. And from there, I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> That's very interesting. You were almost on Cop House. I was almost the star of Cop House. <laughs> so I would have done that and then, oh, I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know what. That's a great question. I hope I would have found work somewhere else, but nowhere would have been, of course, of course, as special as The Office. Ellie, it's so great to hear your voice. Brian, I, I'm only sorry that I'm not seeing you in person and probably won't until 2022 when there's a vaccine. <laughs> but it is so, thank you for talking to me. It is so wonderful. I, like I said, I've been looking forward to this just like selfishly 
as a pick-me-up. Separately, we need like a, a two-hour-long just personal catch-up. I know. I would love that. And I will tell you that at some point, I think Rain posted a text exchange between you and him yes. on the internet. Yes. And I saw it and I was like, oh my God, why aren't Ellie and I texting like that? Because it just really made me smile. I don't know why we're not texting like that. And also, Rain Wilson, I was like, he did not tell me he was going to post that to his millions of followers. <laughs> like, <laughs> luckily, everything was fine. But yet he... What was it again? Will, Just tell me the joke, because it'll make me laugh. What was no, it? I can't remember it either. It was I, honestly, something it about was, it, oh, it money. Was, wait, what was it? It was, a, it was about money. Shoot, we'll have to look it up. It was okay. something totally, I feel like it was bordering on inappropriate, and then it was actually fine. Rain is so weird. Like, when he says he's, I, I feel like he and Dwight are weird in such specific ways and wildly different ways, but they're both very weird people. But Except Rain is actually, like, extremely kind. I guess Dwight was kind too, but um, it is the funniest thing. He'll, he, he'll text out of the blue the most insane thing, and it makes me, like, so happy that I know him. But anyway, yes, he posted that exchange. We need to start texting. Let's do it. It's not a regular occurrence with Rain, and when it happens, it's like, but don't you feel that way with so many people from the office where, like, you don't hear from them for a while, and then you do, and it's like no time has passed. <laughs> I totally, so I totally feel that way. All right, Ellie. Brian. I will talk to you soon. Thank you so I'll much. Talk to you soon. Thank, thank you, Brian. This is what a bright spot in this otherwise bleak time. So, I know. so good to hear your voice. Once everything is calmed down, we're having the biggest like celebratory dinner out in a restaurant. It might be five years from now, but we're doing it. Sounds perfect. Okay. All right. Talk to you soon, Brian. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, there you have her, Ellie Kemper. Ellie, we are on. We are so on for that dinner. I just hope it's not five years. Please, let's not have it be five years. Uh, Thank you, Ellie, for your wit, for your insight. I always have the most fun talking to you. And to my dear listeners, I had so much fun bringing you this interview. So please come back next week and join Ellie and I for that dinner. We'd be happy to have you. Um, But in the meantime, before the dinner happens, uh, like, subscribe, uh, review us on whatever platform you see fit. It helps us so much. So thank you in advance and have an excellent week. The Office Deep Dive is hosted and executive produced by me, Brian Baumgartner, alongside our executive producer, Lang Lee. Our senior producer is Tessa Kramer. Our producers are Emily Carr and Diego Tapia. Our social media producer is Liz Hayes. And our intern is Hannah Harris. My main man in the booth is Alec Moore. Our theme song, Bubble and Squeak, performed by my great friend, Creed Bratton. And the episode was mixed by Seth Olansky. Hi guys. 
guys, I'm Jade Iovine, and I host Tell Me About It, the podcast that is the antithesis of a success story podcast, where we leave things like girl boss energy and lucky breaks at the door, and instead celebrate and commiserate about all the things that make us human. This is the podcast manifestation of those conversations you have with your best friend at 4 a.m., We have all kinds of women from all different walks of life, like Gwen Stefani, Steph Shep, Amanda Knox, Lala Kent, Raven Simone, and JoJo. Listen to Tell Me About It with Jade Iovine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Arden Marine from Insatiable and the Will You Accept This Rose podcast. And I'm Julianne Robinson, an Emmy-nominated director of Bridgerton. And we are the hosts of Lady of the Road, a funny and inspiring podcast where we have conversations with influential women about their lives and we get self-help advice. Because we are always looking to improve ourselves. True story. We talk about money, health, relationships, you name it, from inspiring women like Joan Jett, Nicole Byer, Lauren Lapkus, Retta, and more. Listen and subscribe to Lady of the Road on the iHeartRadio radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, guys? I'm Rashad Bilal. And I am Troy Millings, and we are the hosts of the Earn Your Leisure podcast, where we break down business models and examine the latest trends in finance. We hold court and have exclusive interviews with some of the biggest names in business, sport and entertainment, from DJ Khaled to Mark Cuban, Rick Ross, and Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, our alumni list is expansive. Listen in as our guests reveal their business models, hardships, and triumphs in their respective fields. The knowledge is in-depth, and the questions are always delivered from your standpoint. We want to know what you want to know. We talk to the legends of business, sports, and entertainment about how they got their start, and most importantly, how they make their money. Earn Your Leisure is a college business class mixed with pop culture. Want to learn about the real estate game? Unclear as how the stock market works? We got you. Interested in starting a trucking company or a vending machine business? Not really sure about how taxes or credit work? We got it all covered. The Earn Your Leisure podcast is available now. Listen to Earn Your Leisure on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks Scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly 10 million dollars was all gone It's just unbelievable Hide your money in your old rich man Because <laughs> she is on the prowl Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts 
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.